Welcome, welcome. This is one of my personal favorite Sabbaths of the year. And that's for a few reasons. First of all, I like having the kids up front. I love the combination of Ruth Murdoch Elementary School and our adventure clubs coming together to do a Christmas program. But I also like it because we get to see Christmas through the eyes of children. I love Christmas. Not even going to make any apologies. I love it. And I'm not just talking about the gifts and the food. I love Christmas. But one thing that I love more than any of the rest of it is the Christmas story. There is no other story like it in the Bible. It is full of twists and turns. And when you read it, you have to have questions. There's no way you can read through the Christmas story without having some serious questions. I mean, for instance, when you read through the story as found in Luke chapter 2, if you're like me, you're going to ask, why the shepherds? I mean, of all the people the angels could have appeared to, why the shepherds? Dirty tired group of men sitting in a field outside of town. Why them? Of all the people, God, you could have chosen. Why the shepherds? I know that if I was in charge, and thank goodness I'm not, because I do not always make good choices, but if I were in charge, I feel like I would have chosen the priests. I would have chosen influencers of other people so that the message could get out. You would let those leaders know. They would let their teams know. And pretty soon, everyone would have known. Everyone could have shown up. That's not how they rolled. That's not what the angels did. In fact, the only group they come to, all the people in the entire world, the only group they come to are the shepherds. So that you better understand me, I have strange hobbies. Last Sabbath in youth, they wanted to play this game and they asked for strange facts about the different leaders. It was no problem for me. There are so many strange things about me, it was easy. But the thing that I chose was I have eight bicycles. And so afterwards, somebody came up to me and they said, oh, are you into riding bikes too? And I said, no, because I'm strange. I like bikes. Riding them, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I enjoyed riding it more before I got hit by a truck, but that's another story. But I like bicycles, and I don't like new bicycles. I like road bicycles from the 1950s to the 1970s. And more specific than that, I prefer them to be English-made. I'm really weird. I know this. And I also know that If I talk to you about my bicycles, most of you are not going to be very excited. In fact, as I'm looking out, I'm seeing a lot of glazed over looks. Because bicycles are not your thing, especially old bicycles from the 1970s. But I know the right people to talk to. There are some people who I can talk to about bikes and they light up and it's exciting conversation and we could talk for hours 
Heaven must have been so excited. What God was about to do was unbelievable. The God of the universe was about to be born as a baby. This was incredible. The angels must have been so excited they could hardly contain it. And I imagine they raced over the entire planet trying to figure out who to talk to. And nobody seemed interested. And then on this lonely field outside of town, here are some shepherds. And guess what? They are talking about the same thing. The shepherds seem to have the same heart as the angels, and the angels just explode with excitement as they cannot keep this secret any longer, and they tell the shepherds. I mean, I just imagine them bursting into song because they are so excited. And the shepherds show up there at the manger. They are the very first ones to meet Jesus on this planet. Why? Not because they are better than others, but because their heart was already there. They showed up at the manger because they had a heart for what heaven had a heart for. So my question for you is, as we approach this Christmas, where is your heart? I still remember last year during the Christmas program, it changed our house forever because Emmett sat there enthralled as he watched it and we got home and from that point forward, Lincoln Logs have not been a tool for building, but they have been a tool for conducting and he walks around the house conducting all of us. As I read through the Christmas story found in Matthew, it creates some questions. I read it through and it, it seems almost unbelievable again. Maybe it's, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me because I don't always notice things. I do not pay attention to details as well as I should. Some things just completely slip by me. But the idea of looking up into the sky and recognizing a new star, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine somebody looking up and saying, wait a minute, that star right there, I don't think it was there yesterday. And not only that, but then studying until they figured out what that meant. And not only did they recognize a new star, study to figure out what it meant, but then they gave up years of their life traveling across the world to visit this new king. They went to Jerusalem, of course, because if there's a new king, he's going to be at the capital. They go into Herod. Herod has no idea what's going on. The first he's heard of this. He calls in the priests. And this is another part that is slightly baffling. The priests come in and they say, yep, this is the right time. Wrong place. You'll need to look in Bethlehem. Wait a minute. The priests knew. The priests knew everything the wise men knew. And they didn't go. 
They knew the time, they knew the place, and they stayed in Jerusalem. It reminds me a little bit of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Here we are a people with so much knowledge. Oh, we know our Bibles. We know the truth. But my question is, what is that truth doing in your life? The wise men, it turned their lives upside down. They traveled. They changed their lives forever because of the truth they got. The priests, on the other hand, they had the knowledge and nothing changed. The wise men. The wise men showed up at baby Jesus and the real gifts they gave. It was not gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It was their minds. They gave their minds to the king. That's why they showed up. What are you doing with your mind? Proud of our kids. Though a little bit terrified knowing that next year Emmett technically is going to be old enough to be up here. It's, it's scary. But really proud of Chrissy's decision. And I'm excited about her story because here it is, church, school, and family coming together. And one of our adventures can be baptized. It, it's exciting. And how many of you would like to welcome her into church membership? It is good to have another member of the family. But that verse, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. That verse should baffle us. Because the God of the universe made a conscious decision to intertwine his fate with humanity's. To be born as a baby, to take on all of our problems, all of our woes, to make them his. The cross and the journey to the cross began there in the manger. The greatest gift ever given by anyone in the history of the universe was wrapped in swaddling clothes. That child there we cannot begin to understand. Though the closest picture we can get of it, I don't know how many of you were paying attention a few moments ago when these children were singing and a girl on the front row burst into tears. You probably didn't notice it because her father was so fast. And before you could have even caught it, he had her in her arms. And there he held his girl and she was fine and sang with him. It's the heart of a father that helps us understand that gift. A father who, when he sees his child suffering, cannot help but step in. But as we look at that gift, we have to wonder, how could I ever return a gift? You see, we have this cultural expectation when somebody gives you something, you need to give them something in return. I found this out very clearly my freshman year of college as my roommate started talking about my birthday in September. 
My birthday is in November. I'd never had anyone talk about my birthday that much in advance. He started talking about all the grandiose things he was going to give me for my birthday. You see, this was strange because my birthday being in November, my parents told me it was close enough to Christmas they could just combine them. He talked about gifts, talked about gifts, and I realized his birthday was in October. If he was planning that far in advance, I needed to get him something great. And I saved up, and I got him something really nice, and then he never mentioned my birthday again. (laughs) But we have this cultural expectation when somebody gives you something, you need to give them something in return. What in the world could we possibly give when God gave us Jesus? There is nothing, there is absolutely nothing, even if we pooled our resources that could begin to compare to the gift that was in that manger. We have nothing. But any parent will tell you, the greatest gift you can give them is taking care of their children. My youngest, Arlo, these last couple of weeks, has started walking. It's not that he couldn't walk before that. He just chose not to. He was very capable. In fact, you could watch him. He would be standing there holding on to something, and he would take a few steps. And then it was like it clicked, and he realized, oh, shoot, I'm walking. And he would quick sit down and then choose to crawl. And he could crawl fast. I mean, it was like lightning jetting around the house. But He chose not to walk, but a couple weeks ago, he finally realized, wait, walking is actually easier, and so he just started walking everywhere. This last Thursday, he's standing in the kitchen, and Emmett comes racing around the corner and just, bam, right into Arlo, sends Arlo flying across the kitchen floor. Emmett's still standing there and says, Mommy, I tripped. Arlo, of course, is crying. And Brianna, the ever-present teacher, says, Emmett, what do you say to your brother who you've hurt? So he goes over and he puts his arm around his little brother and he says, it's okay, Arlo. You don't have to cry. I'm not hurt. But when we find, as parents, people who love our children, people who will take care of our children, that's beyond any gift you could ever give us. Because that's where our heart is. And God the Father is no different. The best thing we can do for him is loving our children. Loving his children. How do we do that? How do we truly take care of his children for him? Well, the number one thing we can do to take care of his children is introduce them to him. That's that's why we have an adventure club. That's why we have children's Sabbath schools. That's why we have Adventist education. It is so that we can introduce his children to him. But here's the thing about relationships. The best way to teach relationships is through modeling them. You see, this is why so many of us in our marriages seem to have the same types of marriages our parents had. 
the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that is the model of relationships we've learned. That's what was modeled to us as what we live out. So if we want our children, if we want our children to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the very best thing we can do is model that relationship to them. The greatest gift we can give our children is by us personally having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want us to be honest with ourselves for a moment. As we think about this Christmas, let's just take a self-inventory. Where are we at? Have we given him our heart? Have we given him our mind? Have we truly given ourselves to the Savior? As we talk about the gift he gave us, there's only one gift that makes sense in return, and that is us. In a few moments, as we sing, the children are going to come through the aisles taking those Christmas gifts to give to the community. Also, if you have dollars for Christian education, as we often take up in children's story, they will take those up at that time. But what I want you to be thinking about, what I want you to wrestle with this Christmas is not what are the gifts under the tree. Because honestly, I don't care. I don't care what's under the tree. My question for you is, where are you with Jesus? Dearest Heavenly Father, God of the universe, giver of life, giver of all good gifts. We thank you for the gift of your son. And we ask that as you go with us this week, that you will be unrelenting with your spirit. Let us give ourselves back to you. In your name, in the name of your son, Amen.